Oklahoma's talking about us? No, but the, the state of, I'm really shocked. That's a, <laughs> that's a surprise. Man, I miss Mac. I, I wish Mac was still in Texas. I don't know about anyone else, but God, that, that era just means so much to me. Growing up, OU destroying Texas. Mac Brown of the postgame press conference. Well, I thought our guys played hard. I thought our guys played with great competitiveness. But in the end, Oklahoma's just a fantastic team. Bob does a great job there on the other sideline. It's just, ah, uh, that, that to me, that's the golden years to me of OU Texas. You wish Mac was back like, like me? I'm longing for him to return. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? But I got to tell you what, I kind of like the Tom Herman years just because he was oh, so, so easy to hate. I mean, he was so villainous, but he was like the inept villain, you know, and he was just – he said stupid stuff. He was ignorant. I couldn't stand him. His teams weren't very well coached. Um, he should have – if he runs Sam Ellinger in 2020 in regulation, they probably beat us, but he's too stupid to even do that. I love Tom Herman. Yeah, and, you know, Kevin earlier gave his um, – well, Kevin Miller, uh, your, your co-host of the Boomer Bevo podcast, gave his three most hated Sooners of all time. I knew he would go Quentin Griffin and Baker Mayfield one and two. Texas fans hate Quentin Griffin because he dominated them in 2000, 2001, and 2002. I think he had nine total touchdowns against Texas in that three-year uh, three run there. But um, – I. Uh, he, he goes Quentin Griffin, Baker Mayfield, and Teddy Lehman as, as, as his one, two, three. So my three, I want to put Herman at number one just because I think he's such a D. Yeah, and a D. I, I couldn't stand him. But I don't want to give him the satisfaction <laughs> of putting him at number one on my most hated list. So for that reason, I guess, uh, I, I'm going to go like this. And we can go a little round table here, get some text line sub uh, submissions. I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go Major Applewhite, one, Sam Ellinger, two, and Tom Herman, three. Most hated Longhorns of all time. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Well, Travis, what do you think? You, anyone immediately come to mind that you just can't stand over there on the other side? Let's see. Probably I'm going to go Brecken Hager. Yeah. Um, yeah. Goldilocks then, himself. Yeah, I'm going to go Brecken Hager. Um, and then I'll go, I'll go Tom Herman. He's uh, consistently annoying. And then, let's see. Let's go Tom. with. John is seriously jotting down notes right now. He's got us three. Uh, on, honestly, I'm going. I'm going Quinn Ewers, even though it's not his fault. <laughs> like, I'm going Quinn Ewers because he's crowned. You know, you know, number one out of high school, leaves early so he can go ride the bench at Ohio State. He's in his third year in college, and we're still waiting for him to, you know, show his true number one. And, again, it's it's probably through no fault of his own. It's probably the fault of the national media. But Quinn, unfortunately, makes my top three. So I'm getting a lot of Chris Sims right now. Um, I, I just – I don't put Chris Sims there because he was just a, a joke the entire time. He was Chrissy Sims. He never beat OU. He never threw a touchdown pass against OU. I don't like him now. I think he's as arrogant uh, as he was while he was at Texas. But since he did literally nothing ever against OU, I don't, I don't put I don't put old Chrissy there. I don't I don't have a huge emotional response to Chris Sims. Uh, my three, I, I got to go a little further back on this one. I'm a little older than you guys. Um, I turned. 11 years old in 1989, Oof. right as I became a, 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 the, 
right at, you know how you get that like self-realization that you're a sports fan? You know, and for some kids, it comes a little earlier. Some kids, it came right around 10, 11. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an Oklahoma fan and I'm 10 years old, 11 years old. It's my birthday, always right around OU Texas. And right when I became that dedicated, watching the game, into it, caring about it, passionate, Peter Gardier goes on to lose, to, to cost us four losses in a row. And it was, and I lived in Texas at the time. It was absolutely brutal. I, I hated that guy. And so that's, Peter Gardier, then I hated the, That's a really good one, by the way. I hated the name Romance Taylor. I could <laughs> not stand him. And I don't even know. He I was like their, their, the, he was one of their best that never was. Yeah, he was their there. best that never was. And I, but it was the name. It just, I couldn't. And, and I've talked about this with Kevin before. Texas is so good at having terrible names. Romance and DeMarvion and all. Uh, Jatape. I can't stand Romance Taylor. And then the last one, I don't know how either of y'all didn't mention this, but Jordan freaking Shipley. Yeah, a, a, a lot of Jordan Shipley right now. Oh, a lot my of Jordan God, Shipley. dude. In the 08 game. And I'm sure he's a great – he seems like he's a fine human being, I guess. I bet secretly he's just an awful person. Yeah. But just that 08 game alone – um, just eating up OU's defense and the kick return for a touchdown. So yeah. the, the kind of game, yeah. minus the kick return for a touchdown, the kind of game he had in 08 is what we need Drake Stoops to have on Saturday, right? Every third down, where it just seems like every catch you make is on third down for a first down. You catch it just short of the sticks and you fight for those other two or three yards. I mean, that's what Jordan Shipley did to us on, in 08. And – uh, dude, he was good, but I just can't stand. I mean, I can't stand him. I Four, cannot stand. Four one seven. Peter Gardier, Fred Akers, Roy Williams. Uh, Roy never beat OU. Roy never caught a touchdown against OU. Roy never did much against uh, OU. Uh, let's see. Ricky Williams says Bullock in OKC. Yeah, Ricky ran wild in what the ninety, well ninety seven and ninety eight games. I think he ran uh, pretty wild in both of those. Jim in Arlington says Colt McCoy most liked. He was cool with Sam Bradford and not conceded. He is a very nice guy. And, yeah, Colt should be an obvious answer. He was 3-1 and one against OU. He beat OU in 2008. Like, why don't we hate Colt McCoy like we hate Jordan Shipley? And he was a part of that 08 game as well. Where does where does Sam Ellinger fall on that? Because I think OU fans grew to respect Sam Ellinger because he would just take Correct. a beating. So, I mean, and obviously our head-to-head record over him is, is fun. So it's like it's always, it's always, you know, easy to like a guy knowing that, you know, you, you just beat up on him uh, for his entire career. But I feel like Sam Ellinger would probably fall closer on the spectrum to Longhorns that are the most liked. What would you guys think? Yeah, I, 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 maybe not liked by everyone. Respected, absolutely. After that 2020 game, I feel like a lot of people walked out and said, all right, we saw this kid for four years, and, you know, I think that there was the respect that, man, that guy would do anything for his school. We think his school sucks. We hate his school. But that guy would lay it on the line for his school. He did it every single week. He took a beating in that game. Like, I – I don't say I like Sam Ellinger, but I definitely respect him and the way that he played. Yeah, I wonder if we do or do not like do or do not like Sam Ellinger because he got Mike Stoops fired because Mike <laughs> Stoops couldn't figure out how to stop him on run right uh, in 2018. How Sam Ellinger ever beat Kyler Murray in a Red River rivalry game is still beyond me. But that being said, I, I don't know. I did not like him. 
I did not. I, he uh, he I said like, something to Kyler after the 2018 game that I think most people yeah, know about. If you don't know, he said, take the loss, and then um, yeah, said a word that started with a P after that. Yeah, That's what I, happened there. I didn't mind Colt McCoy. Uh, it looked like him and Bradford were friends, and maybe it was in my mind, like, if it's okay with Sam, then it's okay with me type <laughs> situation. But Sam Ellinger just – he always rubbed me the wrong way. I No, I did not like him, and he could make the list. He's, he's Do you pretty at least respect him? For the reasons that I listed there? I think I would have respected him more if uh, Herman would have ran him on fourth down. Or not fourth, on the two-point conversion at the oh, end of the 2020. Thank God he didn't. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's Dude, one of the biggest coaching mistakes of all time. That 2020 game? Um, Tom, you know, we weren't stopping anybody. Are you kidding me? Tom Herman hooked OU up a couple of times in that game. Yeah. In that, uh, what was that, three, four overtime win. He didn't run a Sam Ellinger on the two-point conversion. And then OU has a fourth and goal at the one-yard line. OU's throwing it. And they send one wide receiver out, and he falls in the end zone. But Tom Herman called timeout right yeah. before the ball was snapped, and then OU runs it in the uh, the next play, and it goes into another overtime. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, but uh, yeah, no, I'm not a not a big Sam. Uh, respect, you know, it's so hard to respect people from Texas. So I I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. Y- y- I'll tell you this, Travis Dicker, the kicker, getting a lot of uh, submissions right now on the text oh. line. Ooh, that's a really good one. That's a good that's one. a really good one. I like that. That little smirk smile that he had before he hit the game winner in that oh, 2018 he was game. So cocky. I love. Yeah. That I might actually respect because that was cocky. six for nine on the season for field goals. And yeah, yeah. 405, Ricky Williams. He smoked pot and played pay- PlayStation and was still the best player on the field every single Saturday. Uh, you know what, though? Don't forget that DeMond Parker outrushed him. In 97? In 97, DeMond Parker went yeah. 31 291 for three touchdowns. And I think he had two or three called back. Demond Parker was an absolute beast in '97. A lot of a uh, lot of hate Ellingers here saying we're back, like he did after the Sugar Bowl. So that has not uh, escaped fans' minds uh, whatsoever. I'll tell you this, guys. Um, John, I'll start with you, and then we'll go to Travis. Because um, I asked uh, at the beginning of Locked In today, like, all right, how we feeling, boys? Like, we, we felt a certain way on Monday, but now it's midweek. Like, we're we're getting close to this thing. Have we started to feel better? Have we started to feel worse as the week goes on? Today has really helped me feel better about OU's chances, and there's one particular reason why. Now, I've watched this Texas team, and I feel like I have a decent gauge of where they're good, where they're not so good, maybe where they're gettable. But to hear the Texas play-by-play guys say it, to hear Kevin Miller say it, to hear the guys at Texas Sports Unfiltered when I went on there today they're concerned about giving up big plays in the secondary. Like, they're really concerned with that. And when I think of OU's offense, like, this is a big play offense in the passing game. I don't know, John, just like that one big factor to me makes me feel makes me feel good about this game, but makes me feel like even against a good defense, like, OU's still going to be able to, to score some points, get some yards, like, do what they need to do to win this game. I, I just – the more I study the stats – the more I like Dylan Gabriel and the more I like our receivers. They're, they're, they're really, really good. They've been really productive. You know, you talk about struggles DG had last year. Obviously, he didn't play in this game, but in other games he had last year. Listen, Marvin Mims was a heck of a football player. We all know that. We saw 2021. We see what he's doing in the NFL. He had some drops last year Absolutely. that really, really hurt DG's performance. You know, it just the team's performance and then DG in particular – 
These receivers are doing the opposite this year. They are making competitive catches. They're pulling it down. We haven't even talked about Jaden Gibson and some of the competitive plays he's had. So from a receiving standpoint and a quarterback standpoint, I'm incredibly cocky, incredibly cocky, feeling a, feeling a whole lot better where we're at. Um, defensively, you can't help but feel better, right? I mean, look at the guys you get to name that you we haven't, we haven't been able to brag about a defense in so long. But Stutzman and Bowman and Washington and Bowen and, you know, McCullough, and the list just goes on and on. It's uh, the, the more I get into it, the better I feel. And uh, I, think, I think our boys will be ready to play. What's making you feel better about this game, Travis? Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's Texas's secondary, first and foremost. Uh, we know that we haven't ran the ball extremely well. Um, but, I mean, we may not have to. And I know everybody says, hey, whoever, you know, wins the running matchup here, wins the game. And, yeah, I mean – Sure, but it's not always the case. And everybody says, "Well, you got to establish the run to open up the pass." No, not really. You 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 can go side to side with like bubble screens and things like that. Like you can open up downfield in in more ways than just running into the back of your offensive line. So with that, I think that Ryan Watts injury may be even bigger deal than Jatavion Sanders because they have other playmakers, right? They've got Whittington, they've got uh, Worthy, they've got all these guys that are. That are that are true playmakers, but on the on the back end of their secondary, they got nothing back there. I mean, Ryan Watts. For those of you that are recruiting fans, this is pre-locked in. Um, but Ryan Watts used to be committed to OU. He's a six-three corner, so that's the guy. He's backed up by two freshmen on the depth chart, and uh, on the other side, you've got five-eleven Gavin Holmes, uh, who would have to move over. He's a uh, he's a junior. So, I mean, it, when you look at guys like. You know, guys like Ryan Watts that are 6'3". And then you look at Jaden Gibson, who's 6'5", and Nick Anderson, who's 6'4". Red zone, I mean, they're going to eat it up because they're going to have basically Buki back there trying to defend these trees. And and and, and, and it's going to be, I think, the difference in the game. So I think Texas's secondary is going to is going to really struggle mightily, and I'm glad that John brought up the brought up Dylan and specifically the trust, right? Because Matt Campbell said in his post game presser, right? He said we've played against some great quarterbacks at Oklahoma or here, and some great quarterbacks in the conference. But boy, I just felt like the veteranness of the guy that's been in the system now for a long time and really confident with his playmakers. And I think that is where Dylan has been. I mean, night and day different this year. I think it really affected him last year post TCU. Not only could he not run because, you know, we saw what it was like without him, but he didn't fully trust his playmakers. Now we've got a guy that's willing to lower his shoulder and go truck a a, a defender and a guy that fully trusts his guys to go up and win 50-50 balls. So I think with that, I think Texas' secondary is going to lose him this game. Let me read a uh, few texts here. DG's confidence is on a completely different level from this year compared to last year. Uh, 405, best defense OU will bring to Dallas in over a decade. I don't. Easily. I mean, Easily. I, I think uh, uh, 2009 could be. I mean, really, like 2015. But I think this defense has. We, it, it, it's like it had Eric Stryker coming off the edge. But I think that this defense is better in more areas than that 2015 defense. Defensively in 2011 in the game, we were really, really good. Oh, yeah, for sure. In that particular game. But I don't think our defense as a unit was as good as it is right now. Adam from ATX, this is the game DG plays flawless. No overthrows happening Saturday. Think we may blow them out, boys. Just got a feeling. 
Hey, I, I'm uh, I'm feeling yeah. all right on this Wednesday. A blowout, though. I uh, <laughs> I'm not not that I'm not there just yet, Adam. But I, I love the uh, I love the attitude and the energy. I don't hate that whatsoever. Uh, okay, we are at Brown O'Haver today. We'll tell you more about Brown O'Haver coming up next segment. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa, and I guess Kim got the uh, $50 gift card from you. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. Her husband came through um, when we were doing our remote here before the Tulsa game on Tulsa Day, and then she comes through today. So uh, they might just get an RV and park in Andy B's parking lot. You never know when uh, when when the KREF might be here. So, yep, she came by, grabbed it quite quickly. I think we made it through one segment. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you never know with Ryland, man. The guy's a rock star. He might, he might throw him out. He might throw more out. Maybe this will be a weekly thing. Who knows? But I do know that, uh, that we keep on seeing people file in. You can probably hear the pins in the background or the video games or, you know, the bar right next to me. It's, uh, it's popping over here at Andy B's, man. More OU Texas right here on The Ref coming up next. We are the homeless Sooner fans. It is The Rush on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Whitson, co-host of the Boomer Bebo podcast, and with Brian O'Haver is with us as well. A reminder, we'll be at the Omni in downtown Dallas on Friday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Friday, and, of course, for pre- and post-game as well. That's the Omni downtown in Dallas. we got a lot of T-shirts to give away. Some hats to give away, some ref koozies to give away. And uh, John will tell you, that's where the party's at Friday of OU Texas at the Omni downtown. Porter Moser is like hanging out. You get the ba- you never know who you're you going to see there. You get a pep rally. You get the band. Yeah. The president, uh, President Harris is down there. It's usually. like a full OU experience or at a, a hotel. It's immersive. Dude, the first time, okay, so the, the Omni always used to, well, I mean, the Omni that we stayed at as, as a group was always in Las Colinas, Correct. which was fine. It was a nice Omni, and then they built that like that Toyota area, and so like that was kind of cool. There's nothing like being downtown. No. And then this Omni throws up the big OU on the side of the building and the upside-down horns on the side of the building, yeah. and you're like, okay, I've died and gone but to But something heaven. has happened in Dallas. Um, it's, you know, the, the ball that's there that's iconic to yep. Dallas. The last time OU won this game was 2021, and they had SMU – all, all, I don't know if you remember that. You and I sat next together, next to each other during that game. Yep. And normally it's OU or Texas, whoever wins the game after, and it was SMU instead. And um, it's pretty it's weak. Like, really? Hmm? It's hmm? pretty Seriously? weak. Hmm? Okay. Uh, we're at Brown O'Haver today right here in Moore, and I love when you give examples of how uh, you guys are helping out people across the state. Yeah, you know, we just heard Kevin uh, in the about an hour ago talk about what he does, and a lot of people lose sight of – the personal property that is in their home when they have a big loss. They're so worried about getting their home built and the, and, and the construction and everything that goes along with that. The insurance company will really shortchange you on what you have in your home. And so we have a full team led by Kevin Miller that goes in and documents every single item that's in your house. So we had a client of ours who had a fire at her home where she had several products for her business stored. Our team worked diligently to separate the business items from personal items into two lists. From there, we had to document and provide a price for each one. We had to do photos, detailed research. And using the documentation we we created, we received confirmation that they were paid the exact dollar amount that we asked for. It would not have happened if we weren't involved. They were going to shortchange her because of business property being in there. They were going to shortchange her on some personal property. And it's a really, really big deal. And you're talking about thousands of thousands of dollars on an insurance claim. 
and you do not want to miss out on that money. If you think about it in terms of tax-free money, you could, we could potentially increase you by thirty to $40,000 tax-free based on your insurance claim if you've had a big fire or a big tornado loss. So give us a call, 405-735-5510. And they service the entire state as well. They're, uh, they're awesome here at Brown O'Haver. Travis is at Andy B's in Tulsa. And Travis, what are the odds that we see Jackson Arnold in the game for the first time in three weeks? Huh? What, what are the chances? I think it's a guarantee that you see Jackson Arnold in the game at some point. Uh, may, may, whether this is how they pay off the, uh, uh, whether this has how they pay off kind of that little wrinkle about you know short yardage situation. Maybe they let him throw out of it. Keep in mind, a lot of the snaps when when he was out there doing that. If you looked who went out there with him, it was Jaden Gibson and it was Nick Anderson. A lot of people were saying, you know, they were, they were you know, going crazy about that formation and, and how they were using Jackson. And then they would look on the snap counts later and say, oh, man, Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson only got four snaps apiece or five snaps apiece. All of their snaps were in that formation. So I think if they get that wrinkle going, I think you'll see them out there again and you'll let him throw it up to one of his taller receivers. So, yeah, I think Jackson plays, and I think Jackson throws. You know, John, there are definitely times when the stat sheet doesn't tell the entire story, and I don't think there's a better example of that this year than Jaden Gibson. He's got like six catches, but they're all highlight reel catches. And he, he it, it's like P.J. is due for a big-time TFL or a big-time sack, at least once a game, right? He, he's due for one of those. And it feels like Jaden Gibson is now due for at least one incredible catch per game. I just hope that number gets bumped up to, like, three or four big-time catches. He just gets, you know, well, more of those chances. And you know what the biggest thing you see is the confidence level, right? Because his confidence was not there last year. It just wasn't. Dropping passes, dropping competitive passes. So to see the confidence level where it's at for Jaden Gibson is absolutely huge. And I just love the fact that, uh, that DG's targets – um, are, are so they're just it's the size right I mean Andrew Anthony's not the biggest guy Jalil Fruit's not the biggest guy but man Nick Anderson Jaden Gibson those dudes are big and they're tall and they're rangy and they're making competitive catches middle of the field down the field in the end zone it, it's it's a lot of fun to watch that run he had that catch and run he had uh, last Saturday was fantastic and um, I just can't wait I can't wait to see how we get those guys in space you know um Levy, I think is is under. I actually think he's under quite a bit of pressure in I this do game. Too. Yeah, he is. Um, because you know we've raved about DG on this episode. I feel like, and I think for for good cause. But the the offense has still had some hiccups. Cincinnati wasn't necessarily cooking. Um, definitely against SMU. So there's still some pieces that need to be ironed out. And I think if Levy can get into a good rhythm and put our playmakers in the right positions, he can get he can get going, and we can have a really big I day. was asked by the Texas guys today, like, what's the heat on Brent Venables like if he loses this game? And my, I think my first reaction was, well, I don't know, even know if he's going to get blamed the most. It may be uh, his offensive coordinator and his quarterback that catch more arrows than, the, than he does after this game. But I'm not comparing these two games at all, Travis, but – when we're talking about OU's big wide receivers against this Texas Texas secondary that's very gettable, for whatever reason, I go back to a not not a, a not so great moment for OU fans in this rivalry. I go back to 2018 where Texas beat OU, 
and they did it largely because they had receivers that were a lot bigger than OU's corners, and they virtually just threw jump balls down the field the entire game uh, to Colin Johnson and to LJ Humphrey, and Maybe it doesn't look like that, but, again, just going back to why I feel confident or, or something that makes me feel good today, like, I, I do think there's an avenue where OU could really pick on Texas down the field with their size and even speed mismatch in this game. Yeah, they, they've got they've got a little bit of everything, right? And, obviously, Nick Anderson seems to be the guy that's kind of the combination of it all because we've seen him blow by guys uh, and they'll need safety help. And we've seen him go up and, and get things. But, you know, he's, he's only got 10 catches on the year, which half of them are touchdowns, averaging, I think, 28.9 yards a catch. I mean, that's a guy that can do it all. But, yeah, otherwise you're, you're, you're going to mix it up a, a little bit with that speed. Again, you've got extreme height in a guy like Jaden Gibson, and you've got extreme speed in a guy like Brennan Thompson. So you can throw so many different looks at that Texas secondary, and the Texas secondary, the tallest in the whole, I mean, safeties, corners, anywhere, is a 6'2 true freshman. Everybody else, if Ryan Watts is out, is six foot, six one, or 5'10", 5'11". This, this might be a battle of the trees uh, and when I say battle, I mean whether Jaden Gibson or Nick Anderson can have the bigger day. 405, when the Jackson package, a.k.a. the Jack Stack, comes out versus Texas, we will see a fake run slash pass from him. They've been setting it up for this game, and I'm ready to see it go for a home run. What do you think? Uh, running out of that has not worked out well. I mean, really, everything they've tried to do hasn't worked out well with him. He's looked great when he's just been running the offense, but I, in that package itself, not not so much. I, that's what I was. Saying. I don't love the Jack Stack. I I don't like, I don't like the gimmick. I think it's unnecessary. If we want to get him in there to take a couple shots, then get him in there and take, give him a series. Get him in there to take a couple shots. That's what but I, I think would it'll like be out of the Jack Stack. I think it'll be out of I, that though. I, I hear you, but I just don't. I, I kind of feel like Texas is going to see the same thing that we've seen on film, which is not very effective running. So are they really going to run him against, you know, if I'm the d- defensive coordinator for Texas and I see the jack stack, are they really running against our? I don't know. It just felt like, it, it just feels like with and, and what so, the schedules look like the first five games and how they've worked it and lining up him up at wide receiver for more than one play against Tulsa, it just feels like, Everything's been building to this game. They're going to do something. If they don't do anything, it's yep. going to be, well, what was that for? What was going on there? Were they just trying to uh, get Texas to chase Ghost or, or what? So I, it just feels like he's going to be out there in some capacity. I, listen, I love I love Jackson Arnold, and I want to see him out there, and I would love to see him even maybe even get a series or two. However, I just that, that, that situational deal, it's just, to me, it, it, it feels gimmicky and I don't know that we're going to sneak up on him with it. That's, I guess, is my point. Because unlike unlike the belldozer, which was very effective in the short yardage, this hasn't been effective in the short yardage. Yeah. So I just don't think Texas is going to be like, oh, well, he's definitely running. I, I think they're going to be like, oh, he's definitely going to fake, and we just need to be make sure we're, we're solid in our back-end coverage. You know, Travis, there was a thought before the year that, okay, Jackson Arnold could be involved in the run game, but they're also going to give him series or a series – throughout the game maybe it's midway through the second quarter but they're going to give him a series every now and then just to get him more reps and that really i mean he's played but that it hasn't happened where it's a 21-7 game in the second quarter and jackson arnold rolls in for an entire series so 
Um, I, and I don't really think that's going to change moving forward, maybe because Dylan Gabriel's been so good. But that was a very popular thought before the year, and he's played quarterback, but it's been mostly in, in mop-up duty. Yeah, it, maybe it's a maybe it's a situation where we want to force them into a timeout or we see something personnel-wise that they're not sure on, or maybe they're having a tough time getting the calls in and keeping up with pace, something like that. I think that, Tyler, is when you see – you know, Jackson go in because I think you force a timeout in that situation most likely. I mean, we saw that happen with Kyler when, whenever we'd put Kyler in when Baker was there. You know, you get freaked out with stuff and you're like, look, dude, I got, I got, people, I got people walking by throwing the horns down right now. The, 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 vi- nice. the vibes are at an all-time high at Andy B's right now. So, um, yeah, so I think that, uh, I, I think that, yeah, I, I think you can force a timeout. I think if they're already kind of on their heels a little bit, you can you can kind of pull the old bait and switch, but uh, yeah. What do you, I mean? What do you guys think on it? Go ahead, John. What getting Jackson Arnold in for a series or two? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. I just don't know that I trust it. I don't know that. I mean, we we got Dylan Gabriel. Everything looks really good with him. I mean, I think if we're if we're going, my point is, if we're going to put Jackson Arnold in, let's put him in on our normal offense and see it. But that's not necessarily what I'm asking to do. I think Dylan Gabriel is our guy. I think we need to roll with them. And I I hear what um, Travis is saying, and I do think that that has some merit, whether it's down on the goal line, whether it's a fourth down situation. If it is to throw him off, if it is to draw a timeout, if it is to get him in, a, in kind of an awkward set, I, that makes a lot of sense, Travis. That really does. But in, just in terms of actually running it, I don't know. Let, let's yeah. let's stick with DG. Let's stick with these receivers because these guys are good and DG's proven he's good. Change the subject real quick, and and I'm going to do it because Travis just mentioned he had you know people walking by giving the horns down. That's not unique to any OU Texas week. You hear people talking about OU Texas. You're an OU fan. You throw the horns down this week. That's just what happens. But after last year in this game, and after the off season where. Texas was built up as this incredible team. Oklahoma, eh, they're 6-7 and seven last year. They're not going to do much. And even the feel going into this week that Texas is the much better team, I just feel like the OU fans are going to show up and, if given the opportunity, are going to make a massive difference in this game. I just feel like you have an OU fan that goes down there and says, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to make an impact on this game. And, and you always go down there and – you know, you're loud or whatever. Like the OU Texas crowd, like what you get from the OU fan that game is maybe not similar to what you get in Norman for home games. Uh, but I feel like this year is a little bit different with everything that's happened in the past year, John. I, 2000, 2021 was crazy there, but I, I think this could be – this could rival it potentially. Well, here's the deal. I, I believe it, it just – maybe it feels like it. Maybe I have recency bias, but it feels like every game since, I don't know, 2014 – the, the crowd has been better and better and better. That Kyler Murray game, I don't know that I'd ever heard a crowd louder than that. And then we go to 2021, or then 2020, well, 2020, probably not a good with the COVID, but then 21, I don't know that I'd ever heard a crowd louder than that. Last year, we got taken out of the crowd. You know, the crowd got taken out incredibly early. Never gave him a reason. Oklahoma fan was went down there because it's something we do, not because we thought we had a chance. But this is different. To exercise the demons of last year, we know how fired up this fan base is for uh, Brent Venables. We know that we do not want to see Texas succeed at any point. I think this fan base could be 
it could be a historically loud. It's going to be wild. If we give them something to cheer for. Four, if the team gives them something to cheer for. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We're at Brian O'Haver in more. Travis is at Andy B's. More OU football next right here on The Ref. Taking you into the evening, a very rainy evening here in central Oklahoma. It is the rush on The Ref. Tyler McComish, Travis Davidson. John Whitson of the Boomer Bevo podcast and Brad O'Haver alongside with us as well. Travis, what's going on at Andy B's and also justify these quarterback rankings from CBS. They update their quarterback rankings every single week in college football. And okay, they got Caleb Williams one, fine. Michael Penix Jr. at Washington two, that's cool. Bo Nix at Oregon three, that's fine. But they got Ewers four, Sam Hartman five. Cam Ward at Washington State, 6. Tyler Van Dyke of Miami at 7. Jordan Travis at 8. Brady Cook at Missouri at 9. And wait for it, guys. There is a quarterback on this list of an opponent that OU has played this year. It's not Emory Jones. It's not Preston Stone at SMU. Jalen Rayner of Arkansas State. I guess Arkansas State switched quarterbacks. This Rayner kid has been playing well, and Travis... CBS has ranked him as the number 10 quarterback in their power rankings this week. So if, if you could, just go ahead and explain the uh, logic to, to all of us here. Well, they say it in their name, Tyler. Uh, CBS is S-E-E-B-S. See? Seriously. B-S, because that list is B-S. I mean, first of all, having Quinn on there, I thought, I mean, literally as I was listening, I was like, you know, trying to formulate what I was going to reply with. And I was like, well, I mean, Quinn being on there, that's all I got to talk about. Him being the number four quarterback is absolutely ludicrous. There's not a single metric that puts him as the number four quarterback in the country. Not not a single metric. So, I mean, you, you, you take that. And then Brady Cook? Ugh. Is that just like a, I mean, I know Dorkwitz wants his daughter to hook up with him. But, I mean... <laughs> Outside of that, I don't know what qualifies him uh, to be up there. And then, my goodness, I thought you were going to go with Cardell Williams uh, as a former quarterback that might be up there because he's balling out for Tulsa. But, yeah, yikes. What are they doing over there? That's yeah, brutal. It's, it's bad. It's yeah, BS. I, I mean, it's BS. It really. I know this kid just beat uh, UMass on the road, and no one just rolls into UMass and gets a win, but – very, very odd uh, CBS quarterback power rankings. Dylan Gabriel was honorable mention, but sorry, guys. I think he's been better than Arkansas State's quarterback, Missouri's quarterback. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. It, he, he, he gets the recognition he deserves, John, if he wins on Saturday. That's, that's what it is. Just keep piling the chip on the shoulder. Right, we don't need we don't need the respect from the outside world. Just keep piling the chip on his shoulder and let him go out and perform. But on Quinn Ewers, I got to tell you. I've got no argument when somebody wants to say Texas is a good team. If they want to rank Texas, put Texas wherever it is. They went down to Bama and beat them in Tuscaloosa. I'm totally fine with all of that. But how do you make the leap that he's the fourth best quarterback in the country right now? It's not even close. He's not the reason they went and beat Bama. So for that point, it just doesn't make sense. As far as DG not getting it, keep him off the list all year. I don't even want him on the list. Now, if viewers lights OU up this weekend and they look good offensively, then okay, yeah. I just I, I've seen Quinn Ewers this year at times. He played well in Tuscaloosa. He did. I acknowledge that after, but there's just been times where that Texas offense is just um, they, they they've hit a rut and they're not good for two or three quarters at a time. You know. Yeah, and 
I, the stats just aren't there, guys. I mean, they're just not a, not especially when you compare it to Dylan Gabriel. If if you took again, if you took the names off of those two stat lines, we wouldn't even be having a conversation right now. But because it's Quinn Ewers, Texas. We feel like we need to debate it for some reason, and it just blows my mind. A uh, little history for you guys. Uh, first, Lou Holtz, if you're listening, please uh, turn off your app. Uh, but Go somewhere else. You're not going to like this. 76 years ago today, Bud Wilkinson won his first game at OU with a 26-14 win over Texas A&M. Some reports say that day was the earliest recorded sighting of the play-like-a-champion sign at OU 39 years before Lou Holtz claimed he saw it in a Notre Dame book that one time. So, uh, play like a champion sign. The OG of that sign was at OU, the OG version of that. So, Lou Holtz, I'm, I hope you didn't hear it, but 76 years ago today, some say that that was the first sighting of that sign at OU. I, I hope when we win on Saturday that Brett Venables really calls out Lou Holtz. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> It's Oklahoma against the world. It's always been Oklahoma against the world. Come on, Lou Holtz. Who, who would be the doing? Who would be the funniest elderly person in sports for Brent Venables to call out? Because we've already gotten Corso, um, and we've gotten Lou Holtz. Who 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 do we think would be the funniest for Brent Venables to randomly have beef with after the game? A lot of elderly guys at the other station across town there. But in terms of like national sports media guys, um, ooh boy. <laughs> Who? It's it's too bad. I I, I didn't know. Uh, I was going to say Bino Cook, but he died like twelve years ago. Oh but, yeah. But Bino Cook would have been. But Bino Cook would have been fantastic. How about um, Tim Brando? So not not a lot of people like Tim Brando, right? I don't even see on like CB, CBS now calling games, whatever he's on. I got to tell you, we, we, he he should just call out all the old people. That's what Brent should do. You just call out old people in general. Yeah. Just alienate our entire softball <laughs> fan base. The text Greg line. I, the text yeah, line is just going to say Joe Biden, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend JP says, "Uncle, here's a uh, Mac Brown from the 918." Yeah, all those years later, just call out Mac Brown after uh, Brent Venables' defense destroyed them in uh, 2011. That, that'd be great. Be a big fan of that. Greg from last segment of the day. CBS and Texas sucks. Yeah. Yep. Pretty good combination. We'll do it one more time. Coming up next, keep it locked right here on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. All right, final segment of the day. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, John Whitson, co-host of the Boomer Bevo podcast, and here at Brown O'Haver joins us as well. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. And, John, uh, I won't talk to you until maybe after the game on Saturday. Uh, Travis will be on on post game. So if you guys want to throw out a final score prediction, now is the time. Would you like to do it here, or are you saving that for the Boomer V? Beep no, no, I guess. I'll okay. do it here. All right. What do you got? If you've been listening closely I have been. to this uh, show today, I have repeated the final score at least 100 times. 65 to 13? Nope. Um, the phone number for Brown O'Haver. <laughs> nice. It's <is> 405-735, <laughs> and I've made it a point to emphasize 55-10. Let's go down and roll, Texas. I don't want to hear about how close the game is. I want to beat Quinn's ass. Let's just take care of it. 55-10. Let's go. Homer. 55-10, says John. Let's do it. Travis, uh, you going 55-10 or are you going uh, 35-7 or 7-35 like the first three digits in their uh, in their phone number? Well, uh, he took mine, so I guess I'll have to change mine to 38-28. <laughs> 
Oklahoma gets the win, putting 38 up on this vaunted Texas defense uh, and limiting them to 28. I do think they hit some big plays on us because, I mean, I think they're going to take their shots and eventually you you hit some from time to time. So uh, 38-28, I mean, that's 17-point swing the other way from the uh, spread. So I'm, I'm calling that a blowout. Well, uh, you win 38-28, you win 55-10. Heck, if you win 14-13, talks of an undefeated season, college football playoff. Look, you just – Hey, there's not another really good team in college football. I'm just saying, could we do it? Boy, the optimism going to be sky high here in a few days. Just win. Just win. You know, 55-10 is a little tongue-in-cheek. You go down and win two to nothing or fifty-one fifty. It doesn't matter. Could we handle so, it? Two, would, would Dylan Gabriel get criticized in a two to nothing win over absolutely Texas? Absolutely, he would. But I would still feel <laughs> fantastic uh, for the rest of the year. I mean, I mean that we we all talk about the uh, national champion winning quarterback. Uh, you know that uh, you know in the national championship didn't exactly have to put up fifty points. So I think if you just win this game, I think you get the credit for it, right? Hundred percent. Well, you, you should. Yes. Hundred percent. No, no. You just win, baby. Just win. Forty-nine starting tonight. Forty-nine consecutive days with football. That's college football. That's the NFL starting tonight. Forty-nine consecutive days of oh, just the greatest, the, the greatest sport the world has to offer, right? Of course, we're mostly concerned with the uh, big game coming up on Saturday, but for forty-nine days, we got Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee State tonight. And then uh, FIU goes to uh, New Mexico State. So if you just need your football fix, you got a couple of games for you. All right, we'll talk more OU Texas tomorrow on The Ref. You know what we do? It's Hate Texas Week. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.